Today we're going to continue our summer series from the book of Genesis. And as you know, we're spending this summer looking at the key stories of the beginning. And once again, we're going to look at some stories from the past, from the Bible accounts. But we also thought it would be really great to look at some new stories of what God continues to do in people's lives today how he began his work in people's lives. And so before today's message, we want you to hear from another one of our elders. And so I'm going to invite Susan to come to the stage. Susan Youngquist came to us several years ago, and she's going to share with you a little bit about how God began to work in her life. Would you please welcome Susan? Good morning. So if you remember a few weeks ago, Pastor Carlos was sharing a message, and during that message, he mentioned that you might have a loved one who isn't walking with Christ today, and he advised us not to be concerned because those loved ones are just working on their testimony. I spent the first 36 years of my life working on my testimony, and it started in Michigan, which is where I was raised. Uh, met my husband there, uh, Mark. Many of you know Mark. And uh, we were living a great life in Michigan. We thought we had it all together. I want to point out it was without God. We thought it was without God. Making lots of money. We're really smart. We had it under control. Living the high life. Having lots of parties. The more guests we had at our parties, the more alcohol, the better we thought the party was. In the midst of all that, I had a career change, and we ended up coming to Southern California. So suddenly we're here in this place that's a totally different culture. We've got two small children. We're hearing on the news about murder and gangs and drugs right down the 91, thinking, how am I going to raise children in this place? I know, we need church. Because if the kids had church in their life, then they'd know the right path. So we found our way here to Canyon. Of course, we were met by open arms, lots of love, had really had no idea what was in store for us. But as we got to know many of you, through things like the river trip, we had so many great experiences at the river, through experiences like women's retreats, where we shared tears, shared stories, shared joy, uh, through care groups, community groups. Um, again, we, just, we build those relationships. The barriers that I had to a life with Christ started to, to drop through those relationships, through doing life together, I started to see how Christ was doing things through each of you and doing things in us, softened my heart, and actually brought me to Christ through the relationships here at Canyon. So when we hear that tagline that we have with the church, Canyon Hills, not just a place that you go, but the people that you love, it's really true. You guys make a difference through the relationships that you build. So I want to thank you. Well, God is love, and when we yield to him, his love fills us, his love flows through us, and that's what Susan and Mark experienced when they came, and it changed their lives, and uh, hopefully you've been feeling that same love if you're new to Canyon Hills as well. We're glad that every one of you are here. Well, this week, we're going to look at the story of Adam and Eve once again. You've, you've heard of movies like Fast and Furious 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Well, this is Adam and Eve 2, all right? So that's what we're going to jump in today. Last week, we talked about how God made them and then how God blessed them. This week, we're going to take a look at how they turned away and walked away from it all. This week, we're talking about their fall, the fall of mankind. As we begin, look in your Bible or on the screen, read along on the screen, Genesis chapter 1, or Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says, now the serpent, representing Satan, 
was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees of the garden, but God did say you may not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not die, said the serpent to the woman. For God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. I think Adam and Eve's story helps us understand our story. This story is how sin first entered into the human family. And their fall helps us understand why we sometimes also fall. Now, you can think down through human history and pick any tragedy that you want, but the fall, their fall, is the greatest tragedy in human history. And we're going to talk about that today. Write this down. Their fall was great. Their fall was a great fall. Anybody ever taken a great fall? You ever fallen down a ladder or something? Yeah, had a great fall. I think I told you before, a lot of years ago, I fell out of a tree, fell down 15 feet, and ended up with a broken rib here on the left side and a concussion for several days. Well, the truth is, great falls do great damage. Now, the fall of Adam and Eve was a great fall, but how did they fall? Well, the answer is they made a decision to walk on the wrong road. Have you ever been on the right road? You know when you're on the right road. And when you're on the right road, you're glad you're on the right road, but then sometimes you come to a why in the road. Ever been in that situation? So you make a decision, and suddenly you find yourself on the wrong road, the wrong California freeway. And you know you're on the wrong road. You don't like being on the wrong road, but suddenly you don't know how to get back to the right road. Anybody ever been in that situation here? Yeah been listening to music, you're talking to somebody on the phone, you get on the wrong road. Well, that's what happened to Adam and Eve. They knew the right road. They had always avoided the wrong road. But one day they found themselves looking at the wrong road and it looked so good. It looked so enticing. They were facing a why in the road. They had a decision to make. Always before, they had always obeyed God. They had always lived on the right road. But now they had to make a decision. And the decision they made put them on the wrong road. And that road wrecked their lives. And it put all of us, all of mankind, on the wrong road. The Bible says this. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. There had been no sin in the garden. They had never been out of sync with God. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Now, we can get ticked at Adam and Eve for bringing sin into the world, but the truth is this. We would have all done the very same thing. We all would have chosen the wrong road. The question is, what was the result of their fall? What's the result of, of them choosing to walk on the wrong road? 
Two things. Write this down. First of all, it left them spiritually damaged. Spiritually damaged. From day one, they had always enjoyed this perfect friendship with God. Perfect, uninterrupted fellowship with God. They'd always been in sync with Him. They had never been separated from God, and they never would be. They were made to be eternally with God in fellowship with Him. They'd been made by God to live with Him forever and ever. But when they fell, when they disobeyed, when they sinned, it left them spiritually damaged. So now they had the possibility of being separated from God for eternity. And that's called spiritual death. The Bible says this, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You must not even touch it or you will, here it is, you will die. This scripture is talking about spiritual death. So now instead of them being spiritual beings who would continue to live with God and for God for eternity, unless God made some way for their sin to be forgiven, they would now be spiritual beings separated from God for eternity. To be separated from God for eternity is called spiritual death. We understand physical death, but we're talking about spiritual death, and it's the opposite of spiritual life. Now today we know from the Word of God that God did make a way for sin to be forgiven, Through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, he paid for all of our sins. We now know that if we turn from our sin and turn to Jesus as Savior and follow him as Lord, our sins are forgiven. And therefore, instead of reaping the spiritual death we deserve, he forgives us. And he gives to us that spiritual life, that eternal life with him in heaven forever. But the opposite of that is no forgiveness And spiritual death, spiritual separation, eternity apart from God the Father forever. And that place is called hell. So listen, when Eve touched the tree, when she grabbed the fruit and ate it, it left her spiritually damaged. When Adam ate it, it left him spiritually damaged. Their spirits now had the possibility of spiritual death Eternal separation from God. Once again, folks, the truth is this. Great falls do great damage. They were spiritually damaged. Second, write this down. It left them then physically damaged. Physically. Not only spiritually, but now physically. From day one, they had experienced the joy of living in the garden. That perfect environment that God created them to live in. They had enjoyed a perfect life. One without pain. A life without tears or grief or physical sickness or, or, or death. From day one, physically, they had this perfect home, this perfect place, this perfect life. No pain, no grief, no sickness, no death, no tears. But when they fell, when they disobeyed God, it left them physically damaged. Now, They had the possibility of physical death. God had created them to live forever, but now they had the possibility of physical death. The Bible says this, To the woman he said, God is speaking, I will make your your pains in childbearing very severe because of your fall. With painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. 
Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It'll produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and dust you will return. So when Eve touched that tree and grabbed that fruit and ate it, it left her physically damaged. The result, labor pains. Women, are you ticked at her or what? When Adam ate, it left him physically damaged. The result, painful labor, painful work, frustrating toil. He's going to try to grow food. He hopes to eat it, but then it's filled with thorns and thistles and all kinds of things. He's going to have frustrating, painful labor. Men, are you you ticked at Adam? You ought to be. Their bodies now had the possibility of both physical pain and physical death. And the truth is this. Great falls do great damage. And we could be ticked at them, but there's no need because we would have done it just the same. We would have chosen the wrong road as well. Now, some of you, maybe you're struggling with some specific temptation, a specific sin. And I believe God has called me here today to say this to you, that I'm here to warn you that great falls do great damage. Disobedience does great damage. And if you continue to walk on the wrong road, the spiritual and the physical damage to your life will be painful And could be eternal. That's a heavy message. But I feel like God's put it on my heart. Those sentences to say today. Someone today. If you continue to walk on the wrong road. The spiritual and physical damage to your life. Will be painful. And could be eternal. Folks their fall was great. And then next. Their cover up was great. When they fell. What did they try to do? They tried to cover up their sin. They tried to hide their mistakes. They they, they tried to just make it like it never happened. Why? Because, write this down, it left them ashamed. Their disobedience left them ashamed. Their actions. The Bible says, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. They'd never noticed that before because they didn't know anything about good and evil. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They were ashamed that they had disobeyed God. And so they hid under the cover of a fig leaf. The Bible says they went and sewed together fig leaves and tried to cover and dress themselves. Next, it left them afraid. Kind of like when a child knows he's disappointed mom and dad. They hide. And they did the same thing. They were not only ashamed, but now they're afraid. The Bible says God came into the garden and and God was calling out to them. And the Bible says Adam answered And he said, Lord, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. We don't understand it all, but we know we've done something and it's not right. And I was naked, so I hid. And they were afraid because they knew they had disappointed God. And so now they not only hid under the covering of fig leaves, but now they ran out to the forest and they hid under the covering of a bush. They literally hid from God when they heard him walking in the garden. Next, it left them accusatorial. Isn't that a great word? Everybody say accusatorial. Accusatorial. I needed needed you to think I was really smart this morning, so I, I pulled that one out. 
It's just a big word that means they began to blame each other. They began to, to accuse each other. The Bible says, the man said, the woman, God, that you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate it. And so they, they were accusatorial because neither one of them wanted to take the fall from disconnecting from God's will. That God's will, don't touch that tree, don't eat from that or you'll, you'll die. That neither one of them wanted to take the, the blame. And so they hid under the cover of one another. <laughs> they tried to point the finger. Now, only Adam is found accusing here in the scripture. But I think they're both, probably both doing this, don't you? <laughs> no, it was her. No, it was him. So after Adam and Eve ate from the tree, they immediately began trying to cover up what they had done. And that's what we all try to do when, when we sin. We try to cover our tracks. We try to hide our mistakes because we are ashamed. We are afraid. And sometimes we even accuse others saying, they made me do it. I was riding in their car and I just got caught up. They made me do it. Their fall was great. Their cover-up was great. But listen, here's what I really want to focus on this morning. But their God's grace was greater still. Amen? God's grace was greater than the greatness of their sin. You see, God could have just been done with them. He made them. He could have destroyed them at that point and said, I am done with this man thing. Done. But look at this. What God did instead is God came to them. God came to them. Like a loving parent comes to his child that is really messed up, God came to Adam and Eve. Now, God knew that they had sinned. He, he's God. He, he knew that they had disobeyed him. God knew that their relationship would be changed. It would be different now. God knew the punishment that he had to give to them. So God could have just said, oh, well, I told them what would happen if they ate from the tree. It's just too bad. They didn't listen to me. They disobeyed me. I am just done with them. God could have stiffened his jaw, turned his back, and just ignored them. But he didn't do that. God went to them. The Bible says this. Then the man and wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? You see, I love this scripture because it, it says that God pursued those that he made and he loves. Even though they had sinned, God came to them. God called out to Adam and maybe God is calling out to some of you today. Where are you? Where are you really? You come to church and you claim the name of Christian, but really, where are you? Because sometimes we allow an issue of sin to exist in our lives. 95% right with God, but there's a 5% issue. And God is saying, where are you? And we're off kind of hiding because we're ashamed and we're afraid. But God called out. God came to his children that he loves. God is a God of grace. But he not only came to them, write this down, then God covered them. He came to them, and then he covered them. And when Adam and Eve came out of their hiding place, when they got honest with God by confessing their sin, what did God do? Did he, did he discipline? Did he spank? Did he punish? No, the first thing he did was cover them. Look at this. The Bible says this. The Lord God, 
made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. The first thing God did was to care for them by clothing them. And notice, God didn't say, hey, you guys aren't dressed very well. You, you need some more fig leaves. Go, go dress yourselves better and then come back and we'll talk. No, God took the initiative. God made the action. God made garments for them. The Bible says he sacrificed an animal and he, he took the skin of the animal and he made a covering for Adam and Eve. Old Testament scholars say that this was the first animal sacrifice. It was the first time that something had to be sacrificed, that blood had to be shed to forgive and cover sin. So right here in the beginning of all things, God was already demonstrating his grace by making a way for our sins to be forgiven and covered. The definition of grace is this, undeserved favor. That's what God has done for us so many times, amen? Given us undeserved favor. That's what God gave to them. That's what he gives to you and me. Yes, God still disciplined them for their disobedience. Yes, God still banished them from the Garden of Eden for their disobedience. Yes, God still caused painful labor and labor pains to come into their lives. But God, who is a God of grace, made a way for their sin to be covered and for their relationship, man and God, to continue. Folks, their fall was great. Their cover-up attempts were great, but their God's grace was greater still. To some of you today, I believe God is coming with a garment of grace and saying here, I know that you're ashamed. I know that you're afraid. I know that you feel exposed, but let me cover you. Let me cleanse you and let me cover you. Some of you need today to reach out and take the grace that God wants to give you. Put on his garment of grace and then live the rest of your life knowing that your God loves you. That he loves you, his child, his creation more than you can ever imagine. Well, what is his garment of grace? What is this covering that he's giving to you to cover your sin? It's Jesus. Amen? It's Jesus. He was the lamb that was sacrificed and he sacrificed his life once and for all to bring us back to God. And his sacrifice paid for sins for all time. So when you invite Jesus to come into your life, when you would ask him to forgive you of your sin, his sacrifice, his life covers your sin. So when you put on Jesus... You are putting on God's garment of grace. And all God's church said, amen. I'm getting chills already. You're putting on God's garment of grace. And when you put off your old ways and you instead put on Jesus and his ways, you will experience God's forgiveness. You will experience God's grace, life abundant, and life everlasting. And the church said, amen. Amen. Oh, come on. Help me out. Amen? Amen. You'll experience life eternal in heaven. We talked about that last week. There is more than this life. You'll experience life forever in heaven. You'll experience spiritual life, not death. Spiritual participation with God forever and ever. You'll experience the relationship that God had with Adam and Eve before they had their fall. That walking and talking with God 
Day by day, moment by moment, you'll be living with God, your Savior, the God of all grace and mercy. And if we ever ought to say amen, it ought to be amen right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's what is coming. Life with the God of all grace and mercy. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here this morning and there is an issue in your life that you know is not right, that you know is leading you down the wrong road, And you don't want to take a great fall and experience spiritual and physical damage. Would you pray this prayer in your heart and determine today that by the power of God, you'll repent of that sin. You'll turn away from it. And by the power of Jesus, you'll overcome it. Would you pray this prayer in your heart? Father, I'm not going to hide anymore. I confess that I have fallen that I have disobeyed you, that I have sinned. But I ask that you forgive me of all my sin. By faith, I accept your covering, your garment of grace, which is Jesus. Lord Jesus, come into my life, cleanse me with your blood, and cover me with your grace. And as best as I know how, I will put off my old ways and I will put on your ways. Dear Father, right now we're committing to live on the right road. Not the wide road, but the narrow road. The road that leads to life through Jesus. Lord Jesus, we are your people. We are your kids. We are your church. We love you. We worship you. We commit to live on the right road with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.